0: Welcome to a journey through fantasy. In this episode, we'll be covering chapters twenty-one through thirty of Grave Peril, the third book in the Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. Starting off with chapter twenty-one, we we will to back up a little bit where we left off. uh, Michael and Harry are on the hunt to to get Charity, uh, who has been, you know, abducted. I guess you could say by uh, the nightmare who is now in a human f- or a flesh form that is, uh, that looks like um, Harry. And it now has the abilities that Harry has, the wizard abilities. Um, Harry, got, Harry gets to the uh, cemetery and, you know, you know, there's a, a bunch of fighting that's going on. That's pretty much all, all this, this is right here. This, this first little part of this chapter is, you know, just, just s- fighting back and forth. Um, you know, he, he's weakened because of what the nightmare did to him uh, in the, in that dream. And of course, you know, he's trying to save Charity. She's pregnant. You know, he's, he's messing with her like he was doing with Murphy. Uh, but you know, he's, he, he does his best, but all is lost, you know? And, uh, but then his godmother appears. Now again, you know, <laughs> it's one of those weird things where, Um, I'm, I still don't know how all these pieces fit. Like how does Lydia connect to the, to the nightmare? How does the nightmare connect to the godmother? How does it all connect to the vampires? It's all kind of loose. Those threads are out there real loose at the moment. So the godmother showing up is I'm already kind of like, well, why, why is she there? Uh, well, regardless of why she's there, he ends up making a bargain with her. Uh, another bargain with her because he, you know, he's trying to save charity. And, um, and so he, he, what he ends up doing is, um, she kind of gives him a hint that the stuff he needs to defeat it is all around him. And so he remembers something about demons, not wanting to cross over like water, treading water. I don't, something about water And, and it's raining of course. So he kind of uses the rain to kind of, scare the demon off in a way demon runs away. Uh, and at the very end of it, of course, Harry being Harry, he tries to wiggle out of the deal and Michael has returned, has gotten there and, and, the uh, the sword had, had in the midst of all the battling that happened, the sword had, had, uh, had, uh, well, the sword is now in Harry's possession and, um, so he's trying to wiggle out of that, out of the, out of the deal he made with the godmother and a hellhound sort of goes after him. And so he tries to hit the hellhound with a sword and the sword just doesn't work that way. That, that kind of goes against the rules of the sword. Like he, Harry is technically in the wrong, so he can't use the sword in that way. So when he hits the hellhound with it, the sword twists out of his hand and it hurts Harry's hand. And the godmother picks up the sword and and, and bounces out of there. Chapter twenty two. We kind of jump forward in time, or you know, just a little bit, and they're all at the hospital. Harry, Harry's, uh, Harry's being seen. He's got a cut over, you know, on his forehead, I believe. Um, and the doc, you know, they're in the ER, and so the doctor recognizes his name, realizes what he is and she's, you know, she kind of gets mad at him, uh, and you realize that that, that cut had been healed from the bargain that he made with the godmother. She kind of restored him, you know, his, a, a little bit, and, uh, so she's, she's kind of, the doctor's kind of mad, like, you know, you're taking up my time, like, there's, you know, I'm here to work on emergencies, and this is not that. Uh, she leaves the room, he, he kind of goes into the, uh, or he, he goes into the bathroom and is washing up. And Stalin's comes in and gives him Krapos' book. He was able to get the book. Um, and, you know, they, they kind of have, you know, a little bit of talking. It sounds like Murphy is still um, asleep, I believe. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's like a ticking clock kind of thing. You know, Murphy's, uh, you know, Murphy is dealing with what she's dealing with. then the nightmare is still out there. We still haven't even got to Michael and what, what, you know, what could be wrong with him or charity. So things are, are still piling up. There hasn't been any kind of relief yet. Um, Harry finds Michael and the delivery of the baby was complicated. The baby might not make it. They're only giving it like, I think, I believe 36 hours. And, uh, you know, charity is, you know, it's not taking it well. Um, and so they kind of, him and, him and Michael kind of get to talking and they, they figure out that someone has to be pulling the demon strings. It's not the demon trying to exact revenge on these people. It's somebody's, somebody's pointing it where to go. So chapter 23, Harry decides he's going to capture them, the nightmare. Uh, he, he He's able to talk Michael into coming with him and they... They go back to his apartment. He's down in the basement. He's trying to get the spell, you know, get it set up. Michael keeps interrupting him because Michael's kind of still not big on the spells and the incantations and all that mess. Um, but, but, he, you know, he, he kind of gets aggravated at, at Michael and he keeps interrupting him. But he, he gets the spell going and he, he gets a hold of the nightmare. He finds it, gets a hold of it. Then Susan calls. And Susan, Michael answers and, you know, so of course he comes down there and yells down there and tells Harry what's going on. She's mad. She wants him to talk to him and Harry's like, "I'm busy. I can't. You know, I'm in the middle of, of trying to capture this thing." Um in like sort of a negative, not not necessarily like a complete negative, but this this scene just didn't feel it felt manufactured to to further the plot or to sneak in some some um some setup for a payoff later because I feel like Michael would know not to interrupt Harry because he's in the middle of doing this thing. And, and, you know, maybe Jim butcher was trying to get it across more so that, that Michael didn't understand what Harry was doing. But regardless, I just don't feel like Michael would go interrupt Harry like that. I don't know. It just, it, like I said, it kind of felt manufactured to kind of push the plot along, but you know, that's okay. That's okay. Um, so Harry says, "Like oh, you know, I'll call her back." He 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 finally gets a real hold on the nightmare, and he uses a bounding spell on it. So now, the demon can only go after Harry. And not anybody else. And as soon as Harry's dead, the demons then go go after other people. Um, he tells Michael that. And Michael points out, like, "That's kind of dumb. Why did you do that?" Um. And the chapter ends with Harry saying that they're gonna to go to the party, the the vampire party. So you know, we kind of get that payoff. You know that 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 was set up. You know there was gonna be the vampire party. Harry didn't want to go. You I mean you knew some way somehow he was gonna get there. They wouldn't set it up. The vampire party was kind of like Chekhov's gun in a way. It, it was one one use of it. It's like you set it up. You you know that Harry's gonna gonna get there. Um. I just didn't know how, how, I didn't know what route we were going to take for him to get there. And I, you know, even at this point, I'm still like, okay, why is he going there? But, um uh, but I, th- I think basically, you know, because they believe that prop because of the connections of the vampires and Lydia and, you know, Lydia's connection to the nightmare, whoever's pulling the strings in that nightmare probably would be at that party. So chapter 24, michael and harry arrive um michael michael kind of has to be calmed down because it's like look you're i mean it's like an undercover cop going into a going into a a party you know where drugs and stuff's gonna go down you kind of gotta you gotta play it cool okay um and but you know michael's kind of like wanting to go in there and like lecture everybody on the evils that they're doing uh don't get too preachy michael they walk up to the house um and then which, th- okay, so Bianca is part of the red court of vampires. There's three courts, red, black, and white. She's part of the red. Uh, but while they're walking up there, um, a member of the white court uh, gets out of a limo. Uh, his name is Thomas. And uh, his date, Justine, you know, is a very gorgeous woman. Uh, from Harry's description, he, he's drooling. Um, but she's also stoned. <laughs> or, she you know, she's drugged up. Uh, Thomas is very nice to Harry, you know, Harry, Harry shakes his hand and kind of feels that he's not the person that they're after. Cause he, he got a sense of the person when he, when he got a hold of the nightmare in that, in that spell. So he's kind of, he's kind of, um, uh, that, that M night Shyamalan movie unbreakable. Is that the name of it? Well, with Bruce Willis, it's kind of like a superhero movie. That's not a superhero movie. Uh, you know he he kind of you know he's touching people and he can kind of sense if they're you know whatever or it's or it's kind of like um if you've ever seen uh, frailty with uh, Matthew McConaughey and Bill Paxton and uh, Powers Booth he he uh, there's the God's Hand killer he can he can touch someone and kind of tell if they're good or bad or you know, what sins they've committed and stuff like that. It kind of they're kind of using that like Harry's touching him trying to see if he can feel that same sense that he got. Um, they enter through they 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 enter into the house whatever they they kind of walk. I was kind of maybe it was just because I was getting sleepy when I was reading this chapter, but I was kind of thinking like they were inside and then they walked onto like this little ledge and it was like stairs led down to a courtyard outside. I don't know. I could be wrong on that but they, they enter through the courtyard and like this bright spotlight hits them. And then they're, you know, they're, they offer up their invitation and they're announced. Um, that's when you kind of realize that like Harry is in a costume and he is, um, uh, he's in like cheesy, like Dracula type costume. Um, and then you hear like knives and swords and like hisses and guns being cocked. Uh, like the vampires are mad about it. Um, but that seems very typical of, of Dresden. And again, that kind of points back to, and again, I'm, I'm not advocating for this, but just in my head, when I'm reading it, I'm thinking of people like Ryan Reynolds. It seems like a Ryan Reynolds type thing he would do. Uh, when, when Harry gets serious, he doesn't, he doesn't, to me, he doesn't come across as a Ryan Reynolds character, but when he's doing these little things, it very much feels, you know, like that. So chapter five, uh, Thomas kind of breaks the ice in a way because he's already been introduced in. He's down, he's down in the courtyard, and he he kind of makes a joke to kind of bring uh, you know lighten the mood, I guess. And Bianca kind of threatens Harry, and so like Harry already thinks like they're gonna try to do something, like the the hospitality they're gonna try to in, provoke them in such a way to where they can they can hurt or kill them. And not it be a breach of the hospitality. Harry, uh, you know, walks down to the ground floor. They notice that they're being circled by, you know, by the vampires. Uh, they go to get a They go to the drink table, and Kyle and Kelly are there. Uh, they kind of poke fun at one another, and um, I believe Kyle hands, oh, no, Kelly hands uh, hands him some wine. Um, <laughs> Harry takes a drink and thomas gets there to tell them the wine is is poisoned <laughs> um chapter 26 uh the guests start dropping like flies everywhere the wine had had that vampire saliva in it uh, harry tries to throw up as much as he can to get it out of his system um michael kind of uh is you know says hey we need we just need to get out of here but harry talks him into staying uh there's a uh, centurion knight yeah, that's like the outfit the guy's wearing um and a hamlet person and so they're thinking you know those two aren't vampires or they're just they're they're people that it could be right they could be the person they're looking for so they go to this centurion night um they kind of notice that his outfit is like the real deal it's not some costume it's it's it um harry you know Harry introduces himself and then the person says Harry dressed in and it like knocks, knocks Harry back. And then Michael realizes, like he tells, uh, Harry, "He's like, look at his cigarette, dude. Cause he's been smoking this whole, t- or, this whole time. And you see smoke coming out of his mouth. The cigarettes not lit, but he's still being able to smoke it. And so that's when they're like, "Oh, he's a dragon. Uh, and, uh, he kind of says, he says, you know, dragons can take whatever form they want. Um, It kind of feels the way dragons are supposed in my, this isn't not, this isn't a unique opinion. I'm sure a lot of people have this opinion. I've heard it from other people, but the dragon is very much in the sense how dragons I think should be written. And that's that they're almost Lovecraftian. They're, they're um, almost deity. Like they're alien and they don't care about us. And that's kind of how he's written. Uh, but, you know, he he waves his hand and throws Harry down, like, with a thousand pounds of force. Uh, Michael, you know, to kind of stop him, he reveals he's killed a dragon, which then uh, quickly takes away what I was feeling about it being, like, Lovecraftian and, and, like an, and like an elder god. It quickly took that away. So, like, the atmosphere felt that way, but then you find out Michael killed one. So, it's like, okay, that's probably not how it's. The dragons are going to be written in future stories. Um, But it kind of, you know, the dragon kind of just like, is like whatever and leaves. Um, Harry sees someone about to attack Michael. And when they kind of stop the person, they realize it's Susan. And uh, she had made a copy of the invitation. So uh, she's not protected. Uh, You know, she's not protected uh, by the protection spell and the, the godmother shows up in time to tell them that chapter seven uh the godmother gives him kind of the lowdown on that um harry breaking his bargain means he's losing his magic so because he is because he is in close proximity to her his uh, his magic's going to be even more weakened and like he he kind of starts like he's going down like one he's he's kind of going down because he got a little bit of the vampire saliva and then also because he's close to the godmother and then again he's already weakened because of the bout with the nightmare so he's going down and so susan bargains you know to you know help him for some for a year's worth of her memory they agree to it godmother leaves Harry is somewhat back to normal, but Susan kind of drops the, the, the stinger at the end of the chapter. She's like, they basically say, we got to get you out of here because whatever. And she's like, okay, um, but who are you? Uh, So chapter 28, uh, they try to get Susan out of there, but she, she just doesn't trust him because all her memories of Harry are gone. She knows why she's, she kind of knows why she's there. She, she remembers those type of things, which I think, there's a little bit of funky logic with that. I don't know if that was completely well thought thought out. But regardless, she's lost her memories with Harry. Uh if they finally get her, you know, to, to to believe them and they go to the stairs and that Hamlet person, the other person that they were gonna investigate, is blocking their way. Uh and it's like a woman who's like almost dead. And, uh, we find out that it is Mavra of the black court, which they had dropped the hint earlier that the black court had, has seen better days. It, it's a, it's like a dying court. Um, we get some backstory that Michael killed her children and grandchildren. Um, then she draws in some kind of darkness magic and Harry realizes she's the one that's doing the barbed wire stuff. Cause he feels that cold, that barbed wire stuff was his or was, was her. Uh, They push her back with like crosses Uh, and she goes up to the door uh, at the very top just as the hour of socialization is up. So then we go to chapter 29 and the um, Bianca is now sort of engaging her her audience. She's welcoming them and it's time to give out gifts. That's part of the, um, I guess you would say the customs of the court is to give out gifts to their guests. She starts off with giving the dragon, uh, it's a cask and they open it up and it's kind of, I feel like a pulp, a pulp fiction kind of scene where, you know, the briefcase opens up and you just see that glow. You don't know, don't know what it is. Uh, but he says that it's a it's a great gift, and so he takes that, uh, and they bow and and whatnot. Then she calls up Thomas, the guy from the White Court, and uh, he he comes up there. And while Thomas is up there getting his gift, Justine, well, prior to him walking up there, he had asked Harry to keep an eye on her. So she tells Harry that, you know. Bianca hates him, and you kind of get a little bit backstory that, uh, um, Bianca wanted her as one of her pets at that there at her little, I, I believe it, if I remember correctly, it's like a, a prostitution house kind of thing, and so she wanted, she, Bianca wanted her to, um, as one of her quote-unquote pets, I guess, and, um, so, yeah, so she talks Harry into helping them when it's time to leave can they come with them can Justine and Thomas do that Thomas gets back and the the, the gift was like a one way flight to somewhere like Wahi or somewhere and uh or, or and it was it was just one ticket uh Justine was not was not included in that so then Harry uh gets called up and you know they kind of talk you know they kind of rehash a little bit of stuff like the paula character i believe that was in book one if i remember correctly they kind of rehash all that stuff and she still is kind of perturbed about that and um they kind of have a little back and forth and she makes this one statement um talking about uh she's saying like her elevation because of her anger uh, her, her drive for retribution on him she would have never have been a- ambitious and driven enough to be risen up to the court so he uh, she says this is all you're doing Dresden and he, he makes a statement that that's a lie I didn't make you rope Marva into working for you I didn't make you order her to torture those poor ghosts stir up the never never and bring Kravos pet demon back across to send a- to send after a bunch of innocents while you tried to get me And she smiles and says, is that what you think happened? Um, you have an unpleasant surprise waiting you. Um, so that's kind of because, uh, right before she started giving out the gifts to the guests, Harry kind of figured out, figured it out that this whole thing had been a setup. And that's, that's the, the part where he reveals to the reader, this is what I think happened. Um, she ends up giving him a, uh, a tombstone that says, Here lies Harry Dresden. Uh, and then, like, a, there's a, a, pin, a, pin, uh, a pinnacle. Uh, and below it, it says, He died doing the right thing. Uh, he, um, uh, she mentions that she'll have the tombstone delivered to Graceland he leaves gets back to his group the godmother his godmother is called up she um she's presented uh what's this black case um i don't really think you get to see who it is or what it is but she says as a customary of her people she also ha- brings a gift as well and she uh basically gifts her amaracus the sword So, there you go. She leaves, um, and then she calls up Mavra of the Black Court. She comes up there, and uh, (laughs) she is gifted Amarakis (laughs) and Lydia. They they bring Lydia out. And um, I'm going to stop here a little bit because (laughs) again, that kind of feels like earlier when I was talking about uh, stuff was manufactured in such a way to where, you know, things would happen the way they needed to be. It just feels like that seems too weird, does it not? That like you were just given, you were just gifted something. So it's weird in two ways. One, it's way too coincidental because the circumstances of it mean that, which which we'll get to, basically what you realize is let me just say this, and I'll get back to it. She's going to kill Lydia, and that's what the tombstone was all about, was that Harry will try to stop them, which will then break the protection, break the truce thing. So so if that's premeditated, right, we know, or Bianca knows that she's going to be baiting him into doing that. But it just so happens that she gets Amaricus at the exact same time that she that she needs to give it to Mavra to then kill Lydia, which I guess, lit. I mean, she could have killed Lydia anyway, right? So it's like, why do that? Other than, I don't know, to just make sure, sh- to let you know the sword is there, um, which could be a setup for another payoff. It just feels weird. Again, one, it seems too convenient. And, and two, if you think about it in real life, if this was a real thing, right, let's just say you... I don't know, let's say the President of the United States was holding a ball and he was giving gifts out to to certain people, uh, certain guests, like delegations from other countries. And like the, like the delegation from, I don't know, France, said, well, I'm going to give you a gift too. Gives them, I don't know, a golden egg. And then they call up the German de- uh, delegation. And, and then he the president gives that egg that was just given to him from the French delegation, gives it to the German one. Would that not just seem weird? Like, uh, like uh, he, he re gifted or, you know, it'd be a regift, And that's kind of what she does. It just, like I said, I, it probably has something to do with some way or another. The sword needs to be at the party to then, somehow get back into Michael's hands, I would assume, but they just, I don't know, man, that just, man, I don't know, I think they could have been done better, (laughs) regardless, uh, they realize what's about to shake down, and so, They're going to have to, uh, Harry's going to have to break the truce. Or he's got a, he's got an, it's, he's got a choice to make. Either him, Michael, Susan, Thomas, Justine, they get out of there while they still can. But Lydia dies. Or you attempt to save Lydia. And of course, knowing Harry, we're going to save Lydia, right? Now, one thing about this, this could it create a war between vampires and wizards, him breaking this protection. Um, so that's one thing to think of. So we, we move on to chapter 30 and, um, the red court vampires surround them. Um, in the midst of, of all the fighting kind of Thomas explains that he and Justine are also marked for death and offers to help Dresden in return for protection. Um, During all this, Bianca captures Justine and holds a ransom with the price of Thomas betraying Dresden. Um, Thomas agrees and pushes Susan into the mob of vampires. Um, But he kind of, like, kind of winks, or the way he kind of looks at Harry, you think that, like, I kind of knew... right off the jump that I think he's doing this to then double cross Bianca. Like, uh, but, but, you know, I don't think Harry sees it that way. Naturally. Uh, you just pushed his girlfriend into a mob of vampires, but Bianca double crosses, uh, Thomas, uh, and, uh, keeps Justine ordering Thomas's death. Basically. Um, he flees while, we're, while uh, Susan is, is being dragged away screaming. Um, Hesden, Hesden, <laughs> Derry Hesden, uh, Harry Dresden, uh, you know, the titular character, you know, the person we've been talking about this whole time. Uh, he, he uh, is, is just rage fills him and he, he brings down fire, um, basically incinerating everything um, around him. But that takes out, a lot of his energy and he collapsed because he's already still a little bit weakened. Um, he wasn't fully back to normal whenever the bargain was made between Susan and the godmother. But he he collapsed and uh, Michael ends up getting him and Lydia out of there. Um, so we don't know where Thomas is. Justine and Susan uh, presumably are either dead or captured. Uh, and Harry has been knocked out. And so, and that's, that's, that's kind of where we're left at the end of chapter 30. Um, So, you know, I, I enjoyed this scene. Uh, It's very, I don't know. I mean, I've read scenes like it before, you know, where it's kind of like everybody gets together and there's this, there's this pompousness about the person, you know, uh, celebrating what they've accomplished and kind of throwing it in the face of people. And then, you know, altercations happening, it's been done before. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and it's enjoyable to read. I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, my only concern, which is weird for me, because when I write, I kind of try not to describe too much. I kind of, and I could be misquoting this very badly, but I remember somebody, some author, compared like different writing styles like some authors paint pictures like they're they're the ones creating the detail and telling the story completely but then some authors and I think George Orwell's one of these and it might have been him that said it they're they' all you do is you draw the window to to the world and then the reader kind of fills in the details in a way and you try to get out of the story's way as much as possible. That's how I like to write. I'm not saying that's what I like to read, but that's how I like to write. I I, I don't I don't like too much fat, on my on my stories. But um. And I and you know Butcher's kind of a you know I think he gives enough detail. He's somewhere in the middle. He, he's about where most authors are. But I feel like more detail could have been given to this scene because. A lot of talking and stuff was happening, where it still felt like there was imminent danger. And I'm like, "What's what are the vampires doing while you're doing this? I know they can't openly attack yet, but it's it's kind of like I don't know how to feel. Should I be a should I be tensed up for what's happening, or you know, or is this just you know like a normal party?" and I'm guessing that's what it was meant to come across but when I was first reading it and they were getting circled by the vampires I was like what? I was like I don't know what kind of emotions I'm supposed to be feeling right now so maybe that's that's maybe that's on me just the way I interpreted it but I don't know it it, it felt weird uh that part kind of felt weird and yeah I don't know it just Anyhow, know, maybe just saying it out loud, maybe that's really all it was, was that because it was the hour of socialization and Harry hasn't, hadn't been provoked to act yet, they couldn't really do anything. But, I don't know, the way it read the first time through was kind of, kind of weird, but. Like I said, I overall the, the, I enjoyed the chapters. Um, I don't really, I didn't really care about the cemetery scene as, as you could probably tell, cause I didn't really go into too much detail about it. It kind of just felt like a, a plot beat to get you there to get, to get us somewhere. And you know, it, 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 I definitely enjoyed the hospital character scenes. I enjoyed the summoning of the Nevernight and I, or the never night, what the heck, the nightmare. And I enjoyed the, um, um, uh, the, the party uh, i enjoyed i enjoyed that prudently so uh, we have one more episode uh in this uh i was initially going to do uh an episode sort of going over the final chapters and then a secondary episode reviewing the whole book but i think that'll be one one complete episode uh, and that'll be the next one and then there'll probably be a short break and then we will pick up with the next series, which will be a trilogy. Uh, and I'm not going to announce what the trilogy will be at this point in time. But it'll be some uh, some f- fantasy trilogy. And we'll go through those three books in a similar fashion that we're doing this. Probably won't do ten chapters at a time. Probably will only do five. We'll see. We'll see how dense the book is. Like I said, the, the, the Dresden Files books, at least these early ones are going to be what I consider palate cleansers. We'll kind of sprinkle them in in between these trilogies and series that we read. Uh, This, uh, The Dressing Files, and then I think there's several books by Will White uh, that kind of fall into that same realm. So we'll we'll kind of sprinkle those in as we need to. Um, But yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Come back next time for chapters 31 through 39 and the final review of the book. Enjoy your day.